When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. As we've been reporting, the death of 22-year-old Gabby Petito is being investigated as a homicide. We begin with the latest on the search to find Brian Laundrie, the only person of interest in the homicide death of Gabby Petito. Well, hello, Crime Creeps. We are back. This is the Case Watch Podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Charity. And we're so happy that you joined us once again. There has been a ton that has happened and we have not had a chance to get in here and talk together. I'm glad that we can get together and do a full episode for you people. Charity, what do you have? So because we're still in October, I do have a creepy little little area that people may want to visit or have visited. It's called Gravity Hill and it is in Connecticut. I have actually been to this place and... Now you are all seeing how really crime creepy that I am because I love all this stuff. So it's located in Sterling, Connecticut, and some have called this area a real-life gravity hill. Sterling is located in Wyndham County. It is a beautiful, charming area, but has many stories of folklore. So the legend says, underneath this road was originally owned by Margaret Henry. She was a witch. There's actually a street named after her, not too far from the intersection of Shake Meadow Hill Road in Main Street, where things get very interesting. So many think that Margaret is pissed that the people are using her land. Some have said there must be magnets in the bushes, or maybe it's just an illusion. So what's the big fuss about this street, Mark? I don't know. You got me wondering. Well, apparently... Cars have been known to roll up the hill. You must put your car in neutral. I've heard of this. Yes. I have heard of this. And it will roll up the hill. Now, I have personally experienced this and it did work and it is so strange. It literally rolls up the hill, guys. I'm going on a road trip. I want to go. We got a lot of roads we got to go down. Yes. But isn't that awesome? Yeah, we need to do a crime creep road trip. Yeah, I, I, I'm it's in. Really, and when they say it's a beautiful area, it is a gorgeous area, a gorgeous area. But this this one road right in that intersection. So I don't know. Maybe that witch is pissed off that people are rolling over. I love it. <laughs> All right. And a little update. The search for five year old Elijah Lewis has come to an unfortunate end. Credible information led investigators to a wooded area in Abington, Massachusetts, which is just south of Boston. This Saturday morning, a state police cadaver dog located what is presumed to be Elijah Lewis's body buried in the ground. Investigators are still processing the scene. Authorities did not share further details on what they found, only that remains were located in a grave. An autopsy will be conducted on Sunday to determine the cause of death and officially identify the body, though the appearance and condition of the remains led investigators to believe that it is the body of Elijah. Elijah's mother, Danielle Donatifis, I don't know how to pronounce her name, and she's a douchebag, so I'm not going to learn how to pronounce it, and her boyfriend, 
Joseph Staff, also a douchebag, has already been charged so far in connection with his disappearance. The two pleaded not guilty, surprising, to both charges Wednesday in a New Hampshire court. The attorney information for both parties is still not available. Interesting. Sad. Very sad. And you said, did you read that he, they found him in a grave, like somebody buried him? Yep. They found him in a a grave. Uh, It's just, it's heartbreaking because there are so many people that try to have a child in this world and they, they're, they're not blessed with one. And then you have somebody who has one. And obviously we don't know the info of this case or what happened. And I'm going to speculate because apparently people don't like when we speculate Mm. or we have our own opinions. Even Even though we say in our opinion, but that's okay. Yes. Sorry, we disappointed you. Who cares about freedom of speech anymore? <laughs> right. All I know is this is this is super, super sad. And if they weren't guilty, why did they take off and get people to lie on their behalf? Just my opinion. In my opinion, this is very reminiscent of another very large case, a case called the Casey Anthony case. Oh, very, don't even get me started. We're going to have to cover that one at some point. I agree. Uh, sounds very similar. Kid kind of just got in the way. We should definitely look into if Elijah's mom had uh, Zanny the Nanny as well. Right. Correct. Super, super sad. So sad. This poor boy. This poor little boy. We're definitely going to follow through on this case and we would like to, you know, see the end of this and report it to you guys as well. But next, a Colorado daycare owner convicted of keeping 26 children hidden in the basement of her business two years ago has been sentenced to six years in prison after parents said some of the children suffered trauma, including sleeping problems and anxiety. Do you think, Mark? This is, oh, this gets better. You just wait, Charity. A judge issued the sentence to Carla Faith, Of course, her name is Faith. I mean, give me a break. Of course. On Thursday, following her conviction by a jury in August of more than two dozen misdemeanor child abuse charges and other crimes. When I read this to you, I can't even believe that A, it was only two dozen crimes and B, that there were only misdemeanor charges. Uh, Faith was only licensed to care for up to six children at her Colorado Springs private daycare and only two of them were allowed to be under the age of two. But police who went to her daycare in November 2019 after they received multiple reports that she has exceeded her allotted amount of children, police had discovered 25 children in the basement. Oh my God, those poor children must have been so scared. You ready? 12 of them were under the age of two. Oh my, she just left them down there in their diapers and stuff? Yeah, they say many of the children had soiled or wet diapers and were sweaty and thirsty. And that's according to the arrest affidavit by the police officer. And get this, Charity, when the police arrived, Faith reportedly told the officer that no children were there and the home didn't even have a basement. Um, Can't you kind of usually tell... When a home has a basement? You, you can most of the time. Most of the time. Maybe I know everybody that's down south doesn't understand what a basement is. It's below your house. That's it's, right. That's where me and Charity are <laughs> down here in the crime cave recording. We're in the crime cave, yes. But thank God a police officer heard a crying child from this basement that supposedly did not exist. Oh, my God. I have, I have a whole slew of questions. Now, my first question is the parents of these children. When you pick your child up from daycare, you can tell what kind of daycare and what condition went on when you pick your child up. They might have diaper rash. They might not. They might have stuff in their diaper. You can tell if they're clean. You can tell if they've eaten or if they're happy or sad. You're their parent. Yeah. A lot of these kids were under two and I think you can clean them up and set them out the door and say, you know, well, they had a great day. Who knows? Who knows? That's probably- 
this gets better because maybe they didn't even know this basement was where these kids went because an officer discovered a false wall and moved it. And that's how they discovered the basement staircase even existed. These parents should be outraged. Oh, I would totally freak out. Outraged. And that is a good point. If they, I mean, if they, they can't even speak and if she's cleaning them up and sending them out looking like they've had a great day. And she has the dungeon hidden with a fake wall. Oh my God. The older kids are probably more have affected mentally by this than the younger kids, because at least maybe the younger kids can move forward and not remember as much. I I hope so. Me too. Well, I mean, it's all for better, I believe, because Faith's lawyer, Josh Tolini. Tolini? No, Tolini. Just like Bertolino, I'm kind of wondering what's up with all these pasta attorneys. Well, you know what, too, Mark, before you continue, it is here in New England, we do have some nice, cool fall weather. And that does make you want a nice big pasta meal, doesn't it? I want a big pasta meal even in the middle of the summer. I love pasta. All right. We'll continue on, please. Well, he said that the only reason this was because she had a difficulty saying no to parents who wanted to place their children at a daycare and that their situation snowballed. Okay, well, if that were the case, you would either hire somebody else and get deemed to have more kids at your daycare. Oh, she did. She had she had two undocumented workers oh, in the basement. Well, you you would get documented workers, and you wouldn't put them in your basement. Like I said, Faith's lawyer said though she made some incredibly poor decisions on how to do this. Faith was convicted of twenty six counts of misdemeanor child abuse, including including attempting to influence a public servant and obstructing a peace officer. A royal, royal piece of crap. Uh, yeah. We have to come up with some really good names for some female criminals. Douchebag fits, but... But it's not funny. It's not as funny when, when it's a female. When you use female. Yeah, so we need some help with that, crime creeps. Creeps, help us out. All right, and now on to some Triple D. Just in case you didn't know what that is, that is... Dimwits, dipshits, mm. and douchebags, where Charity tells us a case and we just try to laugh at how these stupid criminals make it through the day. So, Mark, here is one of our first candidates of the day. Um, Albert Jackson Dowdy could have easily been a character from Home Alone Films. And that's not an overstatement. Dowdy tried to break into a home by smashing a glass door with a paint can. Unfortunately for him, the can bounced off and broke open. Dowdy eventually got inside, but all he collected was a can of tuna fish and a box of oatmeal. So he used a can of paint to get a can of tuna and a box of oatmeal. Correct. Doesn't sound like a good trade to me. It doesn't because on on his way out, however, the man stepped in the spilled paint. Officers <laughs> followed the paint footprints to a nearby motel and arrest, arrested him while he was enjoying his lunch. Can anyone guess what he was eating for lunch? Would it be tuna and oatmeal? It sure was. What a dipshit. <laughs> what a dipshit. <laughs> See, they come, they just come to us. I didn't know this story, and I just, I, I get to decide on the spot what I think it is, and that guy is a dipshit. Yep. So, Mark, would you like to hear another? I always want to hear triple D's. Okay. This is called, or labeled, the lowest high there is. For a trio of drug thieves, it was their lucky day. They broke into a home in Silver Springs, Florida, and discovered three jars of cocaine. They took it home and snorted the contents. That's when they discovered that the jars were, in fact, urns, and that they were snorting. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm sorry. (laughs) They were were (laughs) snorting. Hold on. Sorry, guys. Let me get myself together. They, the jars were in fact urns and that they were snorting the the remains of the victim's husband and two dogs. Oh my God. I can't even. <laughs> How awesome is that? Do you want one more for this episode? I'm still trying to uh, take in that one. I, what would you officially be charged with snorting? I don't know. I mean, I, if I was that woman, I'd be 
really upset because I, I would be upset too. That's, that's just total ones. dimwits right yeah. there. Yeah. I, I need another. I need to I need a, a triple D palette cleanser. Do you got one? Yes. So this <laughs> sorry, I still can't believe that. This is called the Telltale Trousers. When an attempted robbery at a Lowe's home improvement store went awry, Milton J. Hodge fled across the street and jumped a fence right into the Cypress Cove nudist resort and spa. As the Orlando Sentinel pointed out, as one of the only folks wearing clothing, Hodges was easily spotted by a police check. This dumbass I is can't the even. only dude wearing clothes, and that is how they spotted him. That is that's awesome. You just made my day, Charity. I know. And also, if the listeners have any really funny ones that they'd like us to read on air, I would love that. Love it. Hey, Mark, can we like do a shout out to some of our listeners that have reached out to us? Hey, if they've put up with us for this long, they deserve a quick shout out. Absolutely. They, they sure do. So first, I want to want to shout out Brittany. Yes, Brittany, we love you. Brittany, we love you. We love that you listen to us and we love the banter. And we also have Tammy, Shelly, Danielle, Brandy, Amber, Megan, Holly, Rebecca, Molly, Deanna, Kara, Jackie, Cheryl, Kelly, Susie, Margaret, Jennifer, Andrea, Wen, Walter, Jill, Melissa, and Ange. Hello, Ange. All right. And I have Dustin and Kirsten. Who's my brother and his girlfriend, who I didn't even realize listened, and they check it out every single week. So thank you guys for supporting the show, each and every one of you. I also want to put a shout out to some of my close crime creeps. My my sister-in-law, Bonnie, thank you for listening. And my friends, Karen and Jerry, thank you for listening. And lastly, I'd like to mention my friend, Lindsay. I have a really funny story about that, Mark. She started listening to our podcast, and she had no idea that it was me. I just added an R, people I know. I love it. <laughs> I'm catching myself now until she was already through with the second episode. How amazing is that? So she was, you didn't even recommend it to her. She was just listening. No, it was literally our first week that we released. That's awesome. Isn't that fantastic? That is, that is fantastic. All right. So thank you creeps. Uh, remember to reach out to us. Case watch podcast on Facebook and Instagram case watch pod on Twitter info at case watch podcast. If you're old fashioned and like to just send a good old email. When you visit Arizona, Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Love that. All right. And let's move right into the episode. It has been a very busy week. Charity, what do you have for us? So I want to talk a little bit about the Gabby's parents, all four of them, uh, paired on 60 Minute Australia. We have a couple different clips to listen to and then maybe talk about a little bit because I think it's important to get their voices out there and let people hear them and keep sending the support for them. So do you want to go ahead and play uh, clip one, Mark? Absolutely. I was worried probably day four and five, I started, I was texting her every day anyway, but I wasn't getting responses. By day six, seven, I was checking her social media. I didn't see any activity. Um, and I started calling her dad and, and I was talking to Jim about it. And I said, we, I think so, I'm worried. And everybody was like, she's fine, she's fine. Um, they're out in the mountains, they have no signal. And I said, no, it's not like her. Wow. I think that we should say that because we were discussing that off air. Nobody ever thinks it's them. You don't want to like 
jump in and say, I need to immediately call this person or that person. Cause you're always in my head, I always feel like when something's wrong or going wrong, it's like, I'm going to call the police and then they're going to roll in. They're going to say, Oh, you overreacted or what happened. So I can kind of get where they're, they're going to where deep down inside, like she felt that she knew something was wrong, but she let other people and herself talk her out of it. Like, Oh, I can't react yet. Let me give it a minute. She's they're in the mountains. Like you can feel in her voice you, just, and you can feel it. You can. And actually earlier in this, uh, this piece, on uh, 60 Minutes, she does talk about, all the parents talk about, you know, they really truly did trust her with Brian. They really did because they, you know, they asked if they had concerns and her mother said, of course I had concerns. She was driving across country, but she was with her fiance. Yeah, there's going to be, con- I have concerns when my daughter drives to the store to get something around the corner. Absolutely. A thing that we need to think of is until this final chapter of their life together has started, you need to look back and think that this was the person that they thought their daughter was going to marry. These people obviously at one point loved him. They talked to him. They hugged this person. They, they would exchange Christmas gifts, birthday presents. They lived as a family, all of them. And until this last chapter, it's very hard to even admit like, oh, something like this could happen. Like I can get where they were like, oh, okay, yes, yes. She's with her fi- fiance. They trust him. They And you can say a lot of, you know, he was an abuser or he was this or he was that. Most people who are being abused keep that to themselves and they don't share that with the whole world. And they don't have this spotlight of the entire world looking at their case in hindsight that looking back at it and saying this, because when you're in that moment, who knows what Gabby's family even knew. They may have thought that Brian was the salt of the earth. Absolutely. I mean, they... It- I'm sure that's that's exactly how they felt because this is their daughter they love the utmost, you know, and they're not going to, you know, you'll have your normal worries, like you said, because you're driving across country, but you're with you're with the person that should be protecting you the most. Yeah, the one that you entrusted to take care of your daughter. And this clip was bef- this in this clip, she talks about like when she started to get like nervous and worried. And this was before they even got the news that Brian was home. So actually, that's in clip two, if you want to play that. Absolutely. The night of the 11th, when the detective came to my door to let me know that the van was in Florida with him, she also said that he had obtained a lawyer. Um, I I almost fell on the ground because I was just like, where's Gabby? And that was my response to that information. And I I just went into shock. I knew something was was wrong. It, It just breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. And the fact that now you just found out that he he was at home with the van. And when she says right in there, well, where where where's Gabby? Oh, my God. Like, my heart hit the floor. Me too. It, I just, I cannot put myself in these parents' shoes. I, I Nobody deserves the heartbreak that they are now having to deal with on a daily basis. I agree 100%. And in, in good, like... The fact that these people, and I said this in a previous episode, the fact that they are so grief stricken and they are still wanting to get their voices heard because they don't want it to just go away now that Brian's been found. They don't. I do love the fact that it shows you the kind of family unit that Gabby was raised in when both sets of these parents, mother, stepfather, father, stepmother can react and co-mingle together and handle this situation and 
the love that she must have had growing up when you can tell everybody in this family, they orbited around her. Absolutely. And they all came together for her. And that that is a little bit of something that I, I hope we can all strive for in life. I agree. And um, a little bit later during um, the interview, they talked to the parents about when they found out the cause of death. And that's actually in clip three. We could listen to that. I just, I hope that she didn't suffer and that she wasn't in any pain. Just hoping that at that moment. That she was in a place that she wanted. I have to pause there because as a father, oh, that video just breaks my heart right there. He's just like, I can't even, let's continue. Wanted to be looking at the beautiful mountains. It's... Something you never think is going to, you see it. You never, ever think it's going to be yours. It's just, it's surreal. My God. And to think that during this interview, they already knew that she had been strangled. So in their mind, now they're thinking, they're trying so hard to think, please, please, God, don't let her. I hope she didn't suffer. And I got to say, if... You are not heartbroken by listening to this. I I don't know exactly how to express what kind of horrible human you are if you can't react to that. And number two, I, I the people that were on the Brian Laundrie subreddit that were backing him up and talking crap about this family and these parents, you guys are all douchewads, and yep. I'm so happy that your subreddit was deleted. Thank, oh, good. Thank you, Reddit, because you took care of this. So this this family does not now have to see this every single day. I also want to go ahead and, and talk a little bit about we've gotten a couple of comments from people who have said that it's not right for us to talk about Brian being the person who did this to Gabby without knowing the facts or without having due trial. Well, I have a little something to say about that. We can assume anything we want. Absolutely. This is a, for entertainment purposes, we are trying to get information the best we can. And he is the only person of interest. There is not one other person. Charity, let me stop you. Let's give him a chance. Brian, what would you like to say? Unfortunately, guys, Brian chose the shittiest of shittiest ways to handle this. He went on the run. He hid. And unfortunately, his life ended and now none of us knew what happened. He had a chance to come out. He could have been a man. He could have said this happened, that happened. He chose not to. So we are now left to handle this and talk about this in the way that we we see fit. Unfortunately, we can only react to what we hear. And this is just Charity and I having a discussion that we are including you in on. Correct. We're going to have this discussion whether we're recording or not, because Charity and I talk about everything true crime every chance we get. Absolutely. That's very true. Um, and then in clip four, they talk about a little bit about... They clarify. Well, I'll just put it that way. They clarify this something. This stepfather is a fucking rock star. Yep. And he clarifies something that he himself would like the world to do. And I think it's wonderful. And this is before Brian was found. Yeah. So let's listen. Hiding. Can we change missing to hiding? Gabby was missing. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of other be- people out there that are missing. He's hiding. Yeah. We were up every day and every night until we found Gabby. Are the people that love him doing the same thing for him? No. And why not? Because if they were, 
maybe he would be found by now. You know what? He makes an excellent point. They would have found him because they did. 15 minutes into going out to looking for him, Brian's father, Chris, walked right to where he was. Yep. You know, tell me that nobody knew anything. Nope. I, I, I just can't. My, I can't believe it. My only hope is that these parents. Now, we, there's been speculation on things uh, about them possibly having full immunity. We'll talk about that. We have another episode coming out and it's all about Mr. Bertolino. We'll talk about pasta. We're going to talk about pasta. So um, we'll talk about that speculation uh, if that p- they possibly had immunity so that they would actually give some information. Because if they could at least give some information to Gabby's family... I don't even get at this point. I don't even not that I don't care. I mean, we all want justice for Gabby, but the the parents the family, the close friends, those are the people that need to have a little bit of closure of why or how. Oh, I 1000% agree with you. Yep. You know, they're just, they've been a closed book. Granted, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes and people are going to say that, Oh, you speculate this and you speculate right. that. Well, not really when Gabby's parents has come on and said they still have not heard a word from them. The fact that the FBI is involved is a good thing, though. So I'm hoping that they get to the bottom. We're going to go ahead and trust them that they're doing everything they can to get justice for this this poor girl. And I do like how Gabby's stepfather said, you know, Gabby was missing. He was hiding. He said there's lots of people missing, which is so true. And we're going to hopefully do a bunch of cases and shine light on those people that are missing. Absolutely. And like I said, in the last time we got together, maybe Chris Laundry will start his own bounty hunting business because he is a freaking master at finding missing people. Yeah, really. He should. <laughs> get, get Bertolino in on this too. Bertolino, the bounty hunter. Oh, God. So, Mark, um, I have a couple of quotes from one of Gabby's friends uh, that was told to the Daily Mail. Okay. So uh, they basically say, you don't know. Did they get in a fight? Did he kill her? There's no answer. One of Gabby's friends told the Daily Mail after discovering Brian was dead. She's gone now. He's gone. Who's really got closure? You don't get closure because you don't know what happened, he continued. Brian's not here. So has justice been served, he asked. If you did something like murder and justice is the death penalty, then justice is served here. The difference is you save the taxpayers a whole lot of money. I got to disagree with that because I don't think justice was served here. He went out on his own terms. We don't know that for sure. He could have been eaten by an alligator. We don't know for sure. So it's funny. I was going back and forth with one of our listeners talking about the case. And I had mentioned alligator. Charity is a social butterfly. I am. I'm very social. And she actually sent me this whole link on how it's extremely rare for an alligator to attack a human. They have to be extremely starving um, or in a really bad condition for them to attack a human. Okay. So I thought that was interesting because I said the same thing. Maybe got ripped apart. So this friend goes on to say... Both sides are suffering right now. Nobody wishes this on any of their children. It's a sad turn of events, he added. I hope that Gabby's parents feel some justice and hopefully they can take this as a, as a, some form of closure. Me as a parent, I'd still want to know what happened. That's the piece that sucks. Following the news of Brian's death, Gabby's family refused to make a statement. Gabby's family is not doing interviews or making a statement at this time. They are grieving the loss of their beautiful daughter. Gabby's family will make a statement at the appropriate time and when they are emotionally ready, their attorney stated. Because they are classy. Very classy. This is a very well family. Do you know who's not? Oh, I know who's not. Better Call Bertolino has made himself available to every news source. And we're going to cover that in depth. And then gets angry when they ask him questions that he doesn't know how to answer. Oh, he gets so angry. And it's kind of funny, actually. 
he is like Better Call Saul and My Cousin Vinny yes. mixed together. Oh my gosh, that movie. <laughs> That's a good movie. So true though. I mean, really, so true. And um, before we wrap this up, can we talk about how there has been at least nine bodies found because of the searches for Gabby and Brian? Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, it's nice to see that some good came out of all this bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't believe it that, you know, they haven't really, I don't know if they've released names yet of these people. They probably have, unfortunately. They have quite a few of them. Yeah, unfortunately, they they were people that have been missing, uh, you know, and, and they've been found. So, I mean, not that there's really any any real good that has come out of the situation, but you have to assume that uh, there's a bunch of other families that might now have some closure as well. You got to look at the positive. And I'm going to get up on my soapbox here for a minute and let's take emotion out of this. Let's take who these people are and what they are and what they've done. And let's just look at this as an abstract people if there's never been more of a wake up call than now, that if you're in something that is not right, if you're in a relationship that's bad, don't let it get to this level. You can solve this just by deciding to amicably split and go your separate ways. Because if they would have done this, as much as we hate what happened, Brian could go off and live his life with his family. Gabby could have went back and lived her life with her family. None of this had to happen. If you are in something and you need help, make sure you reach out to your crisis center. They will help you. If anything from all of this, let's just all take away that if we can just stop as much domestic violence as we can from ever progressing to this level. And if you see one of your friends that are in one of these situations as well, reach out, help. Be that person that maybe they're too embarrassed to come to you, but maybe take them aside when they're alone and say, what can I do to help you? I love you and I want to get you out of this situation. Yep. If you see something, say something. Absolutely. What a, what a senseless and sad situation that unfortunately could have been completely avoided. Now there's two young people dead because of it. And now there's families on each end that are now living without their respective loved ones. No matter what we feel about either one of them, taking our sentiments out of it, these families now have to go on and live their life without the people that they loved. Because this situation happened, Brian's parents are now grieving as well. Yeah. I, I don't feel as bad for them, but... I, I get where you're going. Yep. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I know this was kind of somber towards the end here, but if anything, but after saying what I did, I'll sleep a little better at night. Just maybe bringing some awareness to anybody just to help somebody a little bit more. Just be nice people. Be nice to people. That's all you have to do. You know what? My parents have always told me the most simple of statements. Treat those the way that you want to be treated. There's yes. no better statement to go out on than that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. We will see you on the next episode. Bye, crime creeps. See you later. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.